everyone. May peace be on you all. And welcome to another episode of I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And I am back with another The Whole Muslim segment. And I have with me Aisha Saleh. If I got, the, if I got your name right. I, I say Aisha Saleh. Yeah. I, But you're close. You're so close. <laughs> and, and again, this is about pronunciation. And I'm like, like this is just, just it's just bad. But how are you, Aisha? Alhamdulillah. How about you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. And Aisha is in, you're in customer service. And that's why I have you here. Isn't that right, Aisha? <laughs> here to serve. <laughs> of course. Like, that's what it is. It's representation everywhere. Just because you can't see the hijab doesn't mean that it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I discovered Aisha on TikTok, as always. As I've mentioned before, there's a whole lot of TikTok scrolling going on. But um When I came across some of Aisha's videos, you know, the first thing that stands out, A, not just that there is another Muslim on TikTok, you were doing cosplay, but not, I mean, for when people think of cosplay, they usually think of, you know, it's a, a character that all, already exists. It's either yeah. like Batman, Spider-Man, uh, Black Widow, that sort of thing. Yeah. But the wonderful thing about your cosplay is that it is hijab-friendly cosplay of fantasy characters that don't actually exist. Yeah. That is so fantastic, Aisha. Thank you so much. And I mean, that that's one of those things that when you go into your TikTok videos, it is, you start with your intro, another hijab-friendly cosplay tutorial, mm -hmm. and you tell the story And you transform with that. I think that is so cool. But before we get into that, I mean, I'll give just a brief intro about you. You are, I mean, that's the thing. You're not just you that it's that is into cosplay and the nerd. Your entire family is into this. That's what you wrote in your bio. And you have like, let me see, hold up. You studied film and media from the University of California. And, you know, that's like your entire family is heavily invested in Lord of the Rings, Star Wars and the MCU, like the entire franchise. I mean, that is so cool. Yeah. And that's that's I mean, that's where I imagine this started out from. But please tell our tell my audience, you know, how did you get into this? How did you get into fantasy cosplaying on TikTok? No, 100%. It's definitely like it's stemming from my childhood. The first cosplay I ever saw in person was my sister, who is wow. a, an extraordinary painter, mashallah. Oh, mashallah. She decided to paint her face as Darth Maul. Like oh, she got wow. the markings down perfectly and then she got a cloak and then she got the lightsaber and she was just walking around the house willy nilly, just, oh, you know, wow. engaging in lightsaber fights with us. And <laughs> I thought it was the literal coolest thing that I had ever seen. I don't know if I'd be able to get her to admit it now because all of a sudden she's um, more of a family oriented woman Aww. who's raising three daughters and will Aww. not admit for the life of her that she <laughs> dropped dead. Photos are evidence, Aisha. <laughs> photos are evidence. <laughs> But yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know a single person in my family who doesn't get like crazy obsessed over specific fantasies. Um, Lord of the Rings was a universal one in my family. Right. Star Wars was just an insane obsession. We would have like chess sets and Monopoly oh, wow. games that were Star Wars themed. 
when Pirates of the Caribbean came out, my sisters insisted on seeing that movie at least eight times in theaters wow. because it was such a revolution <laughs> right. to just be immersed into how cool of a world that was. But obviously, like seeing all of that passion that it ignited in my family and not seeing any representation that my family could specifically connect to right meant that there was an empty space like mm-hmm. that wasn't there and i didn't think much of it until i really did need to decide what i was going to study in college and i was like right. oh like now that i actually think about it and i i know exactly what i want to do and i did i went through with it um right. college is its own uh <laughs> its own challenge um of course i that's a whole other conversation <laughs> of whether or not that education was necessary or just how kind of bizarre the system is or how right. helpful it is. And of course, in the end of the day, uh, you know, we're talking about um, an industry that's run on nepotism and I don't actually have any connections to the industry. Oh. So I found myself graduated with a degree that I was passionate about, right. but with absolutely no means to Get into create a it. pathway into it. Yes, that's right. Because that, and again, it stems from so much lack of representation. Yeah, like seeing brown people even now, it's it's not as big of a rarity, but still, it's, it's jarring a rarity. Oh my yeah. gosh! It's like, oh my gosh! It's yeah. it's Mindy Killing. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it's, the thing. She was no. the the first biggest star, brown star, that was that is still literally everywhere um but the thing is but where are all the hijabis Mm, sort of situation are those who are physically appearing as muslim Mm -hmm. yeah it's so interesting to me because uh there was an eventual shift in media where the the presence of the hijab wasn't like fully rejected or right. fully demonized. There was right. a point where it was somewhat acceptable. Right. But what they were doing was they were using it as a prop in the background. Yeah. And if it was brought to the forefront of everyone's attention, the whole point of it was to eventually remove it for some dramatic e- white yeah. written reason that we all find gag worthy. Exactly. Um, and I just think it's so interesting because we were like starved of representation. And when we actually got any sort of a representation, we found that it was so wholly lacking in authenticity. And it pushed us to the point where we were just like, wow, do we want representation? Because like this, especially this is crazy uh, how bad it is. Exactly. Yeah. And (laughs) even if it was, even if it wasn't inherently negative, it was exploitative. Like it wasn't actually like humanizing the person Mm -hmm. who happens to wear the hijab. Hijab. It was simply to like, almost like fill a quota. Like, look, we've got that thing in the background. We've got one brown person. We've got one Muslim woman right there. (laughs) She's there in the background. You are represented. Don't ask for more. Exactly. (laughs) And this is all like, real world like attempted real world dramatizations right. um and i found that i just got to the point where i don't even i don't even think i want that anymore like mm. um i i certainly don't want any um like non-muslim white written 
white written characters. Uh, right, right. I, I don't think that I could handle that because they just don't know how to write us. Right. It's, right. it's very clear. Mm -hmm. um, I think the show We Are Lady Parts was the first time that I actually saw something where it was very clear that the writer, the director, the people who were running the show were coming from that brown Muslim background. Right. So it was the first instance where I was just like, oh my gosh, the relatability is actually like so insane. Right. But then again, just because they're keeping it realistic, there are instances in private moments where all of the actresses at some point take off the head covering that they're wearing, which means that right. all of the actresses that are actually casted to portray Muslim women are not actually women who wear the hijab, wear the which, hijab. Is not, which is not a must. Right. Trust me, okay. I do love seeing that representation of non-hijabi Muslims. I love seeing right. brown actresses get that kind of opportunity. It's very right. exciting for me. But at the end of the day, it means that no woman who actually wears the hijab actually is, is getting an opportunity. Ever. Exactly. Like, and it's, oof. Like, I would love the role where she doesn't have to take off the hijab. Mm -hmm. Okay, like, that she's she's being seen with the hijab on screen, off screen. Mm -hmm. There isn't, like, a disconnect there. Yeah. Um, there's this comic um, called Yes, I'm Hot in This. Um, <laughs> yes, I've yeah. seen that. Yes. And like something that she makes a point of doing in her comics is never removing the hijab, yeah. even if the character is in such an obvious situation where a hijab right. would not be worn. Right. And that's very intentional. And I right. love that. I'm obsessed with it. It's not a movie. <laughs> it's not a TV show, but it's right. an epic start that right. is that gets the message. Right. No, here's the thing. I have seen, like, not in, like, moving pictures, but in animation, there are uh, instances where do, they do have, like, consistently hijabi characters. And mm -hmm. I appreciate that for my kids. It's the first time my kids saw a hijabi character on screen was yeah. in a cartoon. Nice. And, like, that, that was saying that they, they're consistently hijabi women there, and there's no need for the hijab to come off sort of situation. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But coming back to you, Aisha, mm. um, what started? Like, again, I know you wanted this on screen, but what really started? And you were inspired by your sister, but how did it start? And, you know, what was your first, I guess, fantasy cosplay? And how did it then evolve from there? So what sparked it was um, one of my earlier TikTok videos where I was talking about me wanting to, me um, establishing that I didn't believe that any authentic representation was going to get, was going to be delivered anytime soon. Right. And me also like expressing a desire for hijabis to exist beyond the real world. Like right. I wanted a space in fantasy and we're still yeah. struggling to just get a space in like Reality real life itself. dramas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm already like in the future and I'm just like, man, I don't even care about like these real life dramas. I don't care right. about lawyer shows or comedies. I want to be <laughs> in fantasies. That's yes. what I want. Yeah. And I really was trying to establish an argument that it is significantly easier, significantly more possible to 
include women who actually wear the hijab into fantasies Mm -hmm. because with the combination of makeup and costuming, Mm. it's so easy to seamlessly blend into the environment Mm. a headdress of some sort, a helmet, a hood, and have them be a continuous presence without that being removed. And that's when I went on my journey of proving that. So I started piecing together different makeup looks. And I was like, you may think that this is just a random makeup look, but here you go. Here's a story where you can, you, you as the audience member can easily imagine this as a TV show that you would watch as a fan of Right, right. And this is a look that can easily be not a background character, but an Mm. actual main character that has an effect on the plot, that has an actual character arc. Right. And remains completely covered the entire time. One of my first examples that I pinpointed as like an I told you so was the Mandalorian. And Mm -hmm. I know that since then, the Mandalorian has removed his helmet and has Mm -hmm. like expanded beyond always wearing it. Right. But for that first season, 98% of the time, he is wearing the helmet. The thing and is, he's, in the original, he never showed his face. Yeah. And I, mean, I mean, I'm that old. I can remember the, the first three movies that came out. No, the exactly. Mandalorian never shows his face. Covered Hell. head to toe. Not yeah. a single ounce of skin is shown. Mm-hmm. And when you're given the show, you are full on getting emotionally invested in someone mm-hmm. where you don't see their face. You don't right. see their body. You don't see their hair. And right. yet you care about them. Yeah. And he's full on wearing like a nakabi, uh, like a, a metal burqa at this point. Like it's not even, they're not <laughs> yeah. even trying it to hide it. It must be hot in there, right? It <laughs> must be. Uh, aren't you hot in that? How did we not get that episode fully equipped with just like all of these Star Wars characters asking the Mandalorian? Right. That? <laughs> he is full on having a Muslim woman experience up in that helmet. <laughs> And I was just like, y'all are chilling. Y'all on an international level have fallen in love with this man. Right. And I'm just like, I see it. (laughs) The vision for the future is clear as day to me. Right. Our our space, our renaissance Mm -hmm. exists in fantasy and Mm. sci-fi. Right. Right. And I'm talking about actual hijabis. Mm -hmm. Hijabis that don't remove the hijab even in their personal lives right but yeah yeah and, and that's yeah that's, that's now, the journey the thing is and for those like that haven't seen it and i'm putting up some like screenshots of your imagery they can see you on on these this youtube video that how like complex your work is like it's not just makeup it's full on makeup and you've got like the jewel studying and all. Yes. And you know, the best part about this, I love the lens changes in your eyes. Like, oh, oh my God, that, that is fantastic. <laughs> you have like in some of them, you've got both eyes, the same color. Some of them is one eye, one color, the other eye, the other color. It is so cool. Yeah. And every time I watch your video is like, I need the story. I want this story. That's the thing that everybody who watches your uh, your videos on TikTok is like, 
I want the store or like now you have that give me a color palette and then you like make a transformation according to that color palette. And I think it is absolutely fantastic. I need that on screen, Aisha. You have to make it happen for me. <laughs> I think something that has been the most rewarding about this whole like um, TikTok journey is the amount of people that comment, I would totally watch that show or yeah. I would totally read that book. Because I'm just right? like, I know. I know. Yeah. As a fantasy nerd, I 100% understand that this would be so cool to get immersed in. Right. And it's just, yeah. Yeah. No, but tell me, okay, I've seen, like, there's a lot of positive feedback, but there's always the other side. Have you had encounters <laughs> with the other side? You have to tell me, Aisha. For the most part, I feel like I've stayed on the positive side of TikTok. That's great. Every once in a while, a mm. little comment will slip through. And it's so funny to me because it'll either be like so silly that I'll do a video response to it and right. everyone will be like, oh, my God, it's a whole joke up in here. <laughs> or like I won't be able to post up the video response because TikTok censors it. But oh. then people in the comment section will go off oh. like <laughs> they will not stand for the Islamophobia in the comment oh, section that's so great. and they'll destroy it. And right. I'm just like, I really do think that that's something that I've been personally blessed with because I've heard the horror stories yeah. of everything else and all of these other experiences that are happening on TikTok. And it is really like alarming. I don't know if it's like an eventual I'm going to get that negativity at some point. I hope, I hope not. not. No. But I feel like I'm on the pure side of fantasy talk where I'm just like chilling and everybody yeah. else is chilling with the creativity. <laughs> Right, right. But here's the thing. Now you have your platform and the work you do is amazing with that cosplay. Where do you see yourself going with this? Honestly, I don't, at this point in time, I don't know if you were ever like um, keeping up with the uh, stories that were coming out of the industry of like people talking about the actual horror nightmares that it is to work in the industry like the amount of lack of care that right. a lot of the crew members have to face right like right. the ridiculous hours the the fact that they really don't have any rights that are being right um upheld right when those stories came out i i, I felt like i started having to rethink um that dream of working in tv or film mm -hmm. Because I'm very uncomfortable with working in an industry that doesn't prioritize the well-being of the people that are right. putting together this giant work of art, this production. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't know if my future lies there. Mm. Um, but I do want a future in storytelling. And so I'm currently just focused on either making these makeup videos or writing mm. because I don't even know, like, even if you get onto like author talk or just like publishing TikTok, you'll start even learning about the toxicity in that industry. And I think if I focus too much on that, then I'll get really disheartened in learning that in every avenue that we want to be creative, we're going to be up against white supremacy and we're going to be up against a battle for our own voice. Right. But 
if I just focus on my own self and my own craft, I really think that I can accomplish things with writing and with makeup that will eventually build my future. And I, I do see that, Aisha, because that's the thing. There was a time when big production companies were it. Mm. You could not make anything other than through them. But it's a different time now that true. lots of independent workers, artists, um, all different manners of creative forces can work independently now and still gain the, um, I guess, following that is needed. I mean, evidence is with, through your TikTok. Yeah. Like, I mean, 10 years ago, I nobody yeah, would have no imagined way. that social media could create megastars the way that they do. Yeah. And, you know, I think that is one of those like great avenues that you can build upon. And I, I, for one, I'm literally waiting for the day where I can read that story and see that story on some form of visual media. I yeah. need it. My kids need it. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. When Miss Marvel, the series came out on TV, m their minds were blown because they'd never seen an entire Muslim family like the way that they are. Yeah. And that's what we need. Yeah. Miss Marvel. It, yeah. Yeah. It, that, that's, that's the thing that my, my family really appreciated it because they could see themselves. That was a fantastic story. It was a fun story to follow. Okay. Like we loved it. It was so good. <laughs> like all the all the, all the Muslims <laughs> tears of joy. When I tell you that show took me for a whole emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Like, like I really the way what started off initially, I thought we were given like we were being given like a cute um, Disney Channel style right coming of age superhero story and I was right. comfortable in that coziness like I was yeah. really just like oh, I'm here for it yeah but then we're given episode five yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not so many emotions and I was like oh my god the the emotional trauma of just like that flashback and the connecting of the generations right. between the magic and right the generational trauma that was starting to be healed and these right. three women all representing a different generation having this conversation where they're apologizing for what they did wrong right. and humanizing themselves yeah. to say, yes, I made a mistake, but it was me being a product of the world that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And it was just so unexpected just yeah. the giant leap that that show took from being cute to being magnificent right. that just shattered my world and I was oh god yeah yeah Miss Marvel mm. yeah and that's the thing I mean I'm that I I don't know if it's possible but I need a season two for that oh, for my kids like if Disney can do that for us like I need that <laughs> like Give me some closure somewhere. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But thank you so much, Aisha, for being with us. But everybody needs to see you and what you do. So please tell us where they can find you on social media, on TikTok, where you create your magic and where you tell your stories. They need to see you and they need to hear your fantastic stories. Absolutely. Um, you will find me both on TikTok and on Instagram at no silence. 
Um, the L is the number one because actual no silence was taken previously. <laughs> They'll see it on the screen so they know where to find you. And I'll put your links in the show notes as well. Hmm, thank but you. thank you so much, Aisha. And again, what you do is fantastic. Mm, because so like I told you before, it's not just about the big people who are, you know, heroes and who are like doing, I guess, things for humanity us nerds need some representation as well we are people who are full of magic and we're not (laughs) sure what to do with the magic (laughs) but you you express it so well and i appreciate you so much for it Mm, thank you so much thank you so much thank you for having me no i'm like again this is this is my dream come true (laughs) thank you so much to everyone who's listened in who has watched us on youtube Uh, y'all take care of yourself and may peace be on you all Thank you so much for tuning in to I'm a Muslim and That's Okay. And if you wish to follow my social media for more updates, you can follow me on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. All the links to those are in the show notes. And if you are on Apple or on Spotify or on Podchaser, please do give my podcast a five-star rating. It really does help get me, you know, in the public eye. And if you wish to donate to support the podcast, you can do so through the PayPal link in my show notes as well. Take care.